Hi everyone, Florence Bremer here. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys, business owners, executives with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I do not have the magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living your best life and enjoying work and time off. This podcast, I'm going to discuss a few different things. I'm going to discuss just in general bouncing back because that's something that's been on my mind this week. And then I also have some fun referrals for books, movies, TV shows, just some things that I've found that I think you'll like, a a podcast that I found. And I'll get to those more towards the end of the show. But I wanted to start with the more serious topic of bouncing back. All right. So as an attorney, I deal mostly in bad news. I've said it for many years that people don't come to me when something good has happened to them. They may come to me if they're doing an adoption and that's something good, or if they're thinking about estate planning. And I know that's kind of weird because you're like, well, they're thinking about dying, (laughs) but they're planning for their family's future. So that's a good thing and and in a way a positive thing. But otherwise people are coming to me because they have some sort of issue going on. And many times we're able to get it settled. And if you've ever heard the phrase that the sign of a good settlement is that both parties are unhappy, that's totally true. So even in a settlement, it's not like your client has walked walking away skipping. Although I hear that Colin Kaepernick has settled his case with the NFL this week, my guess is he probably walked away skipping and happy. But for most people in a settlement, there's give and take. And when you get to court, you're also dealing with disappointing news at times because two lawyers go before a judge and only one will prevail. And in some cases, No one prevails because you get a decision from the judge that's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, and no one is happy. So all of this just takes takes a toll on you as a lawyer, and it takes a toll on your physical and mental health. So you have long hours as an attorney, and you have the stress as an attorney, and it's generally around-the-clock demands. And I'll explain how the last couple of weeks have have gone for me. So two weeks ago, I started a jury trial, started it, it ended in a mistrial as we were into the trial. So all that preparation went down the tubes. The week after that, I had the most insane trial schedule you've ever seen. So when you have a family law practice, you have a lot of little hearings And as you know, about 40% of my practice is family law, and the other being civil and appeals and business transactions and estate planning. But a big chunk is family law. And in family law, you're in court quite a bit. So I had 
a week, two weeks ago, where it started with um, Monday morning was a family law trial. Monday afternoon was a federal sentencing. Tuesday morning was a family law trial. Wednesday morning was a family law trial. And Wednesday afternoon was a class that I taught on effective communication in Prescott. Thursday morning was a family law hearing, a civil arbitration, and then a settlement conference civil in the afternoon. And then on Friday, I went to a seminar called Setting Yourself Up for Success that was sponsored by the Women Lawyers Association. So it was five days of just craziness. I measured the amount of miles that I drove in those seven days um, from the Saturday preceding that busy week till the Saturday after. I drove 700 miles. It was just insane. I was from one place to another. And it's it's not, it was an unusual week. Uh, I'll admit that. But um, when you have a week like that, it's just crazy. When I went to the seminar that I went to a couple of weeks ago, the one that I was just talking about, one of the subjects was talking about how people enter the law and, and many people will leave it after practicing for some period of time just because of the stresses. Attorneys have high substance abuse. They also have high rates of suicide. And it's part of the job. I mean, it's a job where it's a job where we help people and there's the satisfaction in helping people. But then at the same time, it's also a job where we're trying to earn a living. If you're a solo practitioner or you're working for a firm and you're a partner, you're what you bring in is is what you make, and you need that money to pay your taxes and pay your bills and everything else. About three times a week, I will be asked, are you a pro bono attorney? And it's just the funniest thing to me that people will ask that, that people out there, and I know, and I understand, they're, they're having some sort of whatever problem they're having, and they want help. So if someone is able to provide it for free, they would love to have that. Um, but I don't see someone would go to their landscaper and say, are you a pro bono landscaper? So it's another one of the stresses in it. So I, as I was thinking about these last couple of weeks, I just thought about the bouncing back. And I thought about it, I was in Disneyland about a month ago. And I was thinking about Tigger, and I had my picture taken with Tigger, and I thought how he bounces back and he stays positive. And what can you do to bounce back? Also, as as part of a lawyer, as part of being a lawyer, you're faced with disappointing news that you have to communicate to your client. So like I said, you have two lawyers go before a judge, and one will prevail, or no one prevails. And then you have this disappointing decision you have to tell your client. So generally how you get the decisions from the judges, most of the time, the large variety is they're taken under advisement. And you'll get a minute entry over the email, you'll come in in the morning, you'll check your emails. And boom, there's some disappointing news that you have to communicate to your client. Number one, 
you may have a morning where you're having a crazy morning, but I try to get that news to the client ASAP because, and I'm not going to do it with an email and I'm not going to do it with a text. I'm going to pick up the phone um, and, and call the client because I want to let them know my disappointment as well. And, um, and answer any questions and not just be like, hey, here's your news. Um, let's talk about it sometime in the future or, or you live with it and I'm not going to be here to talk to you about it. No, I want to talk to them as soon as possible to the greatest extent. And um, this week I had, um, you know, from a previous case, I had one that was disappointing. It wasn't the worst in the world, but it was, I knew information that would be disappointing to my client. So I, I called the client and we talked for a period of time and kind of worked through the questions and worked through the issues. But that's sort of what I'm talking about in terms of this bouncing back. So I get this disappointing news. I, I'm available for the client. And what do you do after that? Like, how do you move on from that? So besides what can take a, an attorney and just kind of slam them down, just boom, everything stops like a, you know, a car hitting a barricade um, is the disappointing news. But it's also things that we can do to ourselves as attorneys that can bring us down. And one is just being negative. In litigation, it's so much negativity and at times it can feel like a zero-sum game. You go in very positive and you think, the jury's definitely going to see this my way. Or the judge is definitely going to see this my way. And then you start discovery and disclosure and dealing with the other side. And so you just have all these negative feelings. And... Part of, part of dealing with the negative negativity is part of being a good lawyer. Like we can't say to our client, you have the world's best case and you're 100% going to win and everything's going to be perfect because it's risk. There's no guarantees in things. And, and a lot of people would like a guarantee. They would like you to say, here's your percentage of winning. Or they would like you to say, I guarantee that you'll win. And there's no guarantees in, in anything. In over 20 years, sometimes I will um, lose a case that I feel so, so great about in terms of whether the judge should rule in my favor. And when the judge doesn't or the jury doesn't, it can be so disappointing. Another thing that brings lawyers down and doesn't let them bounce back like Tigger is just the isolation that attorneys can feel. There's attorneys who work in big firms, but and they'll have a lot of people around them. And I have I have staff. I have my legal assistant and I have my um my associate who's worked for me and they both worked for me for a long time. But the job itself can be kind of isolating and you have your clients of course that you're talking to but when you're working on something it's all in your head and and you're alone with it so that can be something that can just bring you down another thing is just being super 
hard on yourself, expecting that you are going to always be perfect. This is another obstacle to bouncing back. There's no such thing as perfection. There's always going to be a typo in a pleading. There's always going to be an extra paragraph that you can write for a brief. It's never ending. You can edit something until the end of time. So when you take all these things, like the the negative things that you just get from the outside, like in terms of bad rulings or, or rulings that you don't expect or don't want to get, and then just the negativity that you have to deal with as a lawyer, along with the isolation and the sense that you have to be perfect all the time, it can really bring you down. And again, I'm an attorney and I've been in practice for 20 years. So I'm speaking from my experience as an attorney, but I know that in other professions, you're dealing with this as well. So I'm hoping you're when I'm saying, hey, as an attorney, you're not just shutting off the show and, and going, well, this isn't for me, because it is. It's about anything. It's for stay at home moms who deal with these same issues. It's for the executive. It's for someone who is running their own my it's in my head a calligraphy business my daughter started a calligraphy business so anything that you have like that that can be um any kind of decisions you have to make any kind of business you're doing you all have these types of issues so what can you do what can you do to bounce back after being faced with adversity so number 1 look at it as a learning experience Every time that I have received a ruling that was disappointing, it's a chance to move on to something bigger and better. Also, looking at a decision that has not been in someone's favor, sometimes it turns into a good thing. So look at the positive as much as you can. It can be very hard, you know, when you've worked on something for years and you get a decision like that. But see, what is in here that I can learn from or take from it and be able to move forward? Another thing is you have to lighten up. You're, you can't be perfect. Everyone is their own worst critic. I know I am my own worst critic. In my mind sometimes where I'm just thinking and thinking, I could have done this better. I could have said this. I forgot to say this. When you're doing a trial, you cannot remember the 100 million things that you can say about any given case, even the most simple cases, even a case like a traffic ticket. There's always something that could have been added. And sometimes you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't let your friends talk about themselves that way. Like when you're just like beating down on yourself, like, oh, why did I do this? Why did I say that? I could have said this in these words instead of this words. And I think of something that I've said to my own friends, where my friend will, you know, say, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Da, 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 da. And I'll say to them, don't talk that way about my friend. And say that to yourself. Don't that talk that way about my friend. You're saying it as yourself, as the friend, of course. <clears throat> and I understand I'm being kind of silly, but we wouldn't let our friends 
do this and think this. Excuse me a second. <coughs> um, so why are we doing it to ourselves? Another things that we can do to help ourselves is have friends, have relationships. You can obtain positivity from things that are outside of what you're doing in your career. There's a variety and you have to decide what's important to you. Um, your friends, your family, your church, your exercise group, your co-workers, other people in your profession. And I'll admit in the last four weeks, I've been very bad about this. I have not been staying in touch with anyone. I've been very isolated with my cases. And I'm hoping that in the next couple of weeks, even though it is going to remain very busy, that I start to nurture some of these relationships because you get an energy from it. And I've tended at times to see the building of relations as an obligation that is equal to a work obligation. And it's not. Your work is your work, but the time you have with your friends and your family can energize you and make you feel positive. I'll think about a time where I'll talk to a friend and we'll say, let's go shopping in three weeks on a Saturday. And then as it's coming closer, I'm starting to dread it because I'm thinking, I could use that day for work. I could use that day to sleep in. I could do this. I could just be by myself. And then I go in and I do it and I have this great time. So why aren't I nurturing that more? It's, it's good for you. It's good to have these relationships. I have a church group on Wednesday night. We just meet at a person's house. Um, we say prayers together. We talk about Bible stories and just have a basic friendship and fellowship. And as it comes up on Wednesday night, I'm thinking, I'm so tired. I could go to bed. Um, I've been up since five in the morning. Um, maybe I shouldn't go. And then I go and I walk out of there and I think that was great. I feel refreshed. I've talked to people who have done something different than what I've been doing all day and just have an overall good feeling. So nurture those relationships. It's important. Another thing is to, to the greatest extent possible, stay where you are in time. This is to myself more than probably anyone else out there because I will ruminate on things over and over again, whether it's going to be what happened last week or what's happening next week. I'm an equal opportunity ruminator. I'm going to think about it either way of whatever's coming up. How often do I stay in the in the present? So rare that it it is driving me nuts. And I have to remind myself, stay here. It's Saturday morning. As I record this, it's Friday night. I'm giving you an example. And I know I've, I've talked about before what I do on Saturday morning. So on Saturday morning, I, I take my walks. And I get up early and I just spend time with the sun rising. And as I'm walking, sometimes I think of everything else. And then I have to bring myself back to that walk. Hey, it's Saturday morning. 
it's beautiful. The It just rained the night before and the air is clean. And look, there is a um, family of quail. And this is really cool. And look at the pink color in the sky. Like I have to bring myself to it or otherwise I'll be thinking, all right, this brief is due next week. And then I have a day where I have six meetings in the office. And what does that do for me? I have plenty of time to think about it and organize for that. And enjoy the walk. Just enjoy the walk. Okay. Um, another thing is to just, and this one I think I've, I've been screaming over and over again about, and like I said, this is for myself more than anyone else, and it's taking care of yourself. I love treats, so I'm not going to say I'm the most healthy eater out there, but I'm going to have salad several times a week. I'm, um, I eat meatless, um, all the time and, um, you know, try to grab breakfast when I can and drink a lot of water, try not to overdo it on coffee. So I I make that a priority and think about it quite a bit. Another one is staying active. Again, I am not Chris Hemsworth where I'm completely ripped, but I wait weight train twice a week and I walk once a week those to me are are non-negotiable I have the weight training set up as a, a training session with a trainer and I always walk on Saturday morning if they have to be skipped I try to make up for them um, but I keep them like their appointments obviously especially with my walking I'm self-accountable on that Um, But if I say, this is what I'm doing, I'm going to do it. And it's important to keep moving. I try to throw in some other types of exercise during the week that I am less successful on. But I have the three, the two weight training sessions and the one long walk for sure. And then if I can make it to the gym another one time or so, or if I can take another walk much shorter than my Saturday walk, like this is all good. That's all icing on the cake. Other things that you can do to, to keep yourself healthy and to take care of yourself. Massage is a big one for me. It might also be for other people going to the chiropractor or acupuncture. I try to get a massage maybe twice a month. Once a month um, has seems to be the um, place that I've been at lately. But this week, um, I went and got a massage. And it was a very cold day. I know people on the East Coast are gonna be like, what are you talking about? But we actually had snow and hail in Phoenix. And um, It's been cold here. It's been in the 40s. So like a regular kind of winter day for anywhere else, like maybe in the Midwest, although I know it's been about zero degrees pretty much everywhere else. So it was a cold day. So I went and got a massage. There were heated tables, heated towels, heat on my back, like just nice warmness throughout. And I had been so sore my hips and my legs and my neck and and throughout the whole week I had a headache that just kept coming and going. Since I have 
gotten that massage, I feel so much better. Um, it like unbelievably, like I was limping around and I almost considered canceling it because I had a million things to do, but I went and did it and have felt so much better and so much, so much more energized. What are some other things you can do to yourself? Go to seminars. In in the past, law seminars were focused entirely on the law, which is good. Like we need that. We need that continuing legal education. There was never any seminars about self-care or meditation or mindfulness or anything like that that's instrumental to your practice. And I look for those seminars. I I do a pretty good split between the ones that are about self-care and then the ones, you know, sentencing guidelines and things like that, things that I also need. But the self-care ones, and it doesn't have to be a legal one, like I've gone to ones that are, you know, just about like women empowerment or things like that. Things that focus on emotional and physical well-being, they're very important. So that week where that I talked about that was at the beginning of um, of this podcast where I described what the entire week was like, at the end of that week, I ended it with that's the seminar, the self, um, self-care for success seminar that was done by the Women Lawyers Association. That put me off on a great start to the weekend. And I almost didn't go. I almost canceled because I thought, I've been in court all week. This would be a great thing to cancel. It's not mandatory. But I went and took so much more from it that made me more productive. I felt so energized after doing it that I actually ended up working on Sunday, which isn't great. I have had several weekends where I have not had a full weekend of time off um, where I've had to work at least one of the days, but I ended up being a lot more productive than I had been on other Sundays just because I felt rejuvenated about concentrating on the self-care seminar. Look for books and articles on the same thing that can help you. They're everywhere. You can Google it. You can Google any subject that you want and a million articles will come up. You can go to the library and get books. You can go to Barnes and Noble and get books. Go to Amazon. And this is just a constant reminder to you on the need to bounce back and the need to just hang in there. So these are some skills and um skills and tips I have for just bouncing back from these from any setbacks that you have whether it's a setback in a legal decision or a setback um, in a financial decision or whatever the case may be you just have to have a plan in place for bouncing back all right I'm gonna do a um, spot for a friend of the show, it's Mackie Insurance. Are you approaching age 65? Are you retiring and losing your group coverage? Or do you have questions about Medicare coverage options? 
Contact Tim at Mackey Insurance for sound advice concerning Medicare and your options for Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage, or prescription drug plans. Tim will assist assist you in maneuvering through the Medicare maze. His phone number is 623-551-3585. Definitely give him a call on any insurance questions that you have. Okay, we're pretty serious for a while on talking about bouncing back. I'm going to talk about just a few referrals that I have for some things that I think you might find fun and interesting. One is a book that I got on Amazon. I I found the book, it was referred to me, I think in a magazine article, and it was called Productivity Hacks, 500 Plus Easy Ways to Accomplish More at Work That Actually Work. And it's written by Emily Price. And I don't buy books very often, but if I do, I'll read them and then I'll give them away. Um, and, but I, as I know, I've, I've said it a million times, I like to check out books from the library. But this was one I read a sample of and I really liked it. It was a book I thought, oh, geez, I wish I would have been smart enough to write this because I love this. It just has 500 tips all written in quick easy paragraphs it's a small paperback I've been carrying it around in my purse and if I had a couple of moments before a hearing or if I was stopping for a quick lunch between hearings in the last week or two I would pull out this book I just want to share some of the tips I'm going to start with just the first four and um I I hope you like it as much as I do. So it'll have a one sentence tip and then a little paragraph. So her number one tip is plan your week on Sunday night. You don't need to come up with a detailed hour by hour schedule, but spending a few minutes on the weekend planning what you hope to accomplish during the week can be a great way to set yourself up for success come Monday morning. Divide the responsibilities you have for the week onto specific days. This practice will give you a good idea of what your work week will look like, and it will help you know whether or not you have time to take on additional projects. Um, This is something I've, I've already done, but it always helps to be reminded, or it helps me at least, to be reminded and have a refresher on what are you doing that's working? And planning my week is is a big one. So I really enjoyed that tip. Another one is prep, prep, prep. Before you go to bed each night, set yourself up for success in the morning by prepping things you'll need when you wake up. This can be as simple as laying out your outfit for the next day and putting your work bag by the door or as involved as planning out exactly what time you aim to do each part of your routine and grinding beans for your morning cup of joe. This is one I follow as well, and I'll give you some more personal tips on what I do for the prep. So if I have a day where I have court, and it's a day where I'm leaving directly from my house, I'm not going to the office, I have my files with me. They will either be stacked in my car neatly or they will be on my stairs to my house Um, I live in a two-story and there's this little curve on the stairs that I'll put stuff that I need to take with me that day so if I bring home work and I need to take it with me 
is sitting on the stairs, so I just scoop it up when I walk out the door. I might also have a bag of dry cleaning there, or um, a, if I have a long day in court, I might put a bag of snacks, something like that, where I can just pick it up and take it with me. Also on the prep side, uh, I'll give another personal tip. I keep my car extremely clean. This does not mean I'm a neat freak. This does not mean that I am an extremely clean person. Um, but my car, I keep neat. And I'll tell you why. My cars in the past used to be a disaster. When all my kids were little, like, forget it. You know, there were crumbs everywhere. I would reach under the seats and there'd be half an apple. Like, it was disgusting. But as they got older, that part got easier. But I'll often stop by the um, free vacuum cleaners at the car wash, just vacuum it out as I'm passing by. And I keep the outside clean um, because it just makes me feel better. And I don't let stuff pile up in there. So I take an inventory as I'm getting out of the car, like, okay, there's a Starbucks cup in here. Um, there is a candy wrapper in the cup holder. Like whatever it is that I can take with me and take out of there, I'm going to clean up and I'm going to get out of there. So the fourth tip that she starts off the book with is start your day with water. Your first instinct in the morning might be to reach for a cup of coffee, but you're much better off if you reach for a glass of water instead. I'm a big fan of that tip as well. Um, my um, pastor had told me about it, that it was something that he always did. And I never had thought about it. And I started doing it. And sometimes I drink a lot of water in the morning and sometimes I'll drink a little. But it, I feel like it combats headaches um, because I'm getting some water in me after a night of not having water. And sometimes if I have, if I start with a cup of coffee, I just crash immediately. Um, I don't even get like a caffeine jolt. I just feel like I could go back to bed. So I avoid that coffee immediately. So I might do water. Sometimes if I'm like freezing and want a, a hot drink, I'll do a hot tea instead. And then later, like maybe when I get to the office and I'm starting my morning with emails, or if I have a drive-in in the morning, then I'll do a coffee. So her fourth, fourth tip is eat breakfast. And that one's a hard one for me because I'm not generally super hungry. But I'll try to have a, um, uh, like a soy yogurt. I, I don't eat regular yogurt. Um, but I like the soy yogurt or a cashew milk yogurt, something like that. And then just put the tiniest uh, sprinkle of granola on it. So it's not a huge meal, but just like a little bit of something where I'm not like ravished at 1030. And that's usually pretty helpful. Okay, so um, I would recommend picking up this book, um, Productivity Hacks. I'm loving reading it. Those were just four that she did. They're simple. It may be stuff that you're already doing, but it's just kind of a little refresher of like, what am I doing that works and doesn't work? So I really like it. I And now I just wanted to talk about a couple of fun things. I have some fun referrals for um, things to do, things to watch that I hope you enjoy. The seminar that I went to a couple of weeks ago was at a local boutique hotel called Found Foundry, F-O-U-N-D, capital R, capital E. It's at 1100 North Central Avenue. 
this hotel is so much fun. I went to a seminar on it. They they had like a little coffee uh, stand for us um, that was just set up really cute. And the hotel is really nice. It's very like industrial looking, like concrete floors, but then it also has a lot of color. And part of the color is local art. They have local art everywhere. And it just was a very refreshing um, lobby. So a lot of the lobbies, and I'll admit it, I stay at a lot of like Marriott or Sheridan's because I have the points. Um, and I rarely get into these boutique hotels unless someone has referred it to me or I'm invited to something. And so it was going to the seminar that got me to this place. And it was so cool. And I thought I would really like to come back here, have drinks, have appetizers. So if you have a chance to go there and you're downtown, I'd recommend it. Even if you're just stopping in for five minutes to look at the art, the staff was very friendly. And um, I can't wait to go back. Okay. What are some things to watch this week if you have some time? Something I've been streaming is the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. I didn't think I was going to watch it. And my niece watched it. She told me it was good. I read a Ted Bundy book years ago, like years, years ago, and thought I just knew the whole story. So I wasn't, I didn't know if I was super interested. And and sometimes uh, you can just... You just don't want to hear about anything negative because it's a it's a horrific story. Like Ted Bundy was a horrific individual. And when you see the pictures of these young, young girls whose lives he took, um, it's just it's heartbreaking. And and you can't help but be affected by that. But I started watching it and I was very intrigued. He is so scary and his scariness comes from how normal he appeared to be if you so it's called the ted bundy tapes and there were was an individual who did i think quite a few interviews with him there also appears to be a lot of footage of him um, from the 70s and 80s when he was in his trials. So a lot of photographs too. And I wasn't familiar with a lot of these images or videos or audio tapes. And a thing that I noticed about the audio or the, the photographs of him and the videos of him was that he always looked different. He had, they showed this one sheet of mug shots and it probably was 12 mug shots. And in every single mug shot, he looked incredibly different. And I think it was probably in like maybe a five or six year time period. I'm like, how can someone look that different? And it, it, it was like his, they, and it wasn't just me coming up like this as a, as like a theory. Even the, the people in the show were talking about it, that he just had this face that was, they called it a chameleon face, where it could just look different in different pictures and I thought that's scary because there might be a manhunt for this person and you might think he looks a certain way and then the person you actually run into doesn't look that way at all like very very scary um there can be no answer to why 
people turn out like him. Um, but it's just fascinating. It was a fascinating study. I'm still watching it. I'm a couple episodes in, but I recommend it if you're looking for something to watch. If you're looking for something to watch lighter, I think I have talked about this show before, but I love it. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you have never seen the sitcom, watch um, the first couple episodes of the first season on Hulu. It's really funny. It's um, moved over to NBC from Fox. Fox canceled it. NBC picked it up. And it's still as funny as always. And I really enjoy watching it. It's something that it, it records on Thursday night. And at the end of the week, end of a hectic week, it's a fun show to watch. A podcast that I'm listening to currently, um, I know I've talked about the podcast Dirty John, which I still recommend if you haven't had a chance to listen to it. I finished it, a, I had finished the miniseries weeks ago. I had just finished the podcast. Just fascinating and scary. Um, so definitely go back and listen to that one. But I started listening to a new one that I heard about from, so everyone knows I um, always listen to the Adam Carolla podcast. He's the reason I do my own podcast. I did his podcast masterclass so I can learn how to do this to the extent that I can do it. <laughs> if you listen to his podcast, it sounds like a, a real show. Um, and, and I listen to him every week. And there's always interesting guests and interesting uh, tips for what they've watched, what the people on the show have, have watched, or, or guests who are promoting something. And they always have like news stuff. And their newswoman, whose name is Gina Grad, enjoys podcasts. And she has been listening to a podcast called Gladiator, which is about Aaron Hernandez, the expatriate who was convicted of murder and then committed suicide in prison. And I've, I've read a couple of books about him and he is so fascinating to me. Like I do not understand what went wrong in his life, but the podcast Gladiator gives you a picture as to what may have went wrong. And it's very sad because he, he most likely took the life of a, of a young man who was his friend who by all accounts seemed a delightful person. Many people also loved Aaron, and he left behind a, a little daughter who hopefully grows up fine, um, but, you know, is it has this tragic story of her, of her father killing himself in prison. But the podcast itself is fascinating, and it talks a lot about the football industry, which I find super fascinating as well. So I highly recommend it. It's a fairly short podcast. I think it's six episodes and each episode is about 30 minutes long. All right, I'm going to end talking about one of the most fun movies that I've seen in a long time. I'm still kind of skipping and humming because <laughs> it was so much fun. It was the movie called Isn't It Romantic? And I, I can't even explain how fun this movie is. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I think if you look at the preview, if you've seen the preview, um, you'll see exactly what the movie is. So it's a girl who is told she's not special, she doesn't feel special, and she's played by Rebel Wilson, who is so much fun and was a, um, 
was so great in all the Pitch Perfect movies and was also in was she in Bridesmaids? I think she was in Bridesmaids. Um, but she's always great in everything. And I really, really like her. And so she plays this girl and she hits her head and she wakes up and she's in a romantic comedy. And it has all the romantic comedy cliches happening. And um, Liam Hemsworth, oh my God, how cute. How cute is this guy? is in the movie and he's playing a a love interest and um falls for her and then there's another um guy Adam Devine who's also kind of falling for her but is her best friend and all this stuff happens to her in the confines of like romantic comedy cliches and she's and she doesn't want it <laughs> like she's kind of tired of it she's like oh I don't like this I don't like this and it has this a great ending that it wasn't a completely surprising ending. It's not like you go, oh, I wouldn't have expected to go this way. But it was a very satisfying ending. And um, I just loved this movie. And it was like an hour and 40 minutes, which is always a good thing for me because the short movie is always great. Um, I saw it with my sister-in-law. We literally were the most annoying people in the movie. We could not stop laughing. Just everything was adorable and funny and laugh out loud. So I highly recommend this movie. It would be a great movie for a date night, I think. I think men would enjoy it. I'm very curious if my husband would enjoy it. My husband enjoys kind of sweet movies, so I think he would like it. And it would be fun for a group of girls to go to too. Girls who... Um, both love romantic comedies or also maybe find them cliched like both sides would be very entertained by this movie so go see it if you haven't seen it all right everyone thank you so much you can find me of course on itunes for the Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on SoundCloud, the Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Facebook under my name, Instagram, Florence Legally Brunette, Tumblr, Florence Legally Brunette, and Twitter, Florence Law, and on my website, Brummer Law, which we also post some of our older podcasts. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you next week. Keep up with your mental and emotional and physical health, and I hope you have a great week.